All right, we are live. I am with Josh uh, from Kronos. Josh runs a email marketing agency that is um, an actual Adelique's uh, approved partner. Um, and approved by Tim Bird. So today we want to basically go over and dive into everything that is email marketing related. Um, and probably also uh, SMS as Josh is primarily focused on email and SMS. So how's it going today, Josh? It's going good. Doing good, Justin. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and Kronos? Sure, absolutely. So my name is Josh. I am the co-founder and CEO of Kronos Agency. Uh, we started things out in 2017, uh, middle of 2017, primarily as a one-man army. So I started things out as basically a, a one-person service provider. And we, uh, well, I, I kind of grew from there in terms of learning how to build a business, what to do and not to do. <laughs> basically everything from scratch through right. trial and error um it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty journey but it's it is what it is um i found that there was a good opportunity for me to uh be be impactful in the industry in the in the, in the industry that i was really interested in e-commerce uh so a little bit about my background i started things out in uh in drop shipping actually on ebay oh. So I was selling things like um, printers, um, things, retail stuff, and it really was a mixture of retail arbitrage and drop shipping. Mm -hmm. And I made a bit of money there, but I realized that I couldn't create a lot of impact doing that. And I wasn't exactly the best at, at doing that. I enjoyed the one-on-one -on -one relationship that I built along the way. Mm -hmm. And I figured to double down on that and find a path that allows me to do more of that. So a B2B service made the most sense. Uh, email marketing was something that I was uh, I was already trained to do with the courses that I took and copywriting mm -hmm. uh, training that I had. And I found the, the impact, the significance of it when I was growing um, businesses by 10 to 30% just with email marketing. Yeah. I felt that that was measurable and impactful. For sure. So when um, a little bit deeper into it, and eventually I grew the business to a point where I couldn't handle it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, I brought in the co-founder, my friend and COO uh, right now, Louis. And we basically took the company from, from then on. Um, we had a, our first employee in 2017, October. Um, and earlier this year, we had 22 team members oh, and wow. right now we have 56 as we speak right now and we're still hiring on Jeez. pretty much on a weekly basis so like i do some email stuff but not to that level of degree when you have that many employees how many how many email accounts are you like handling at that point because i imagine you have design creative yeah. copywriting yeah. um like what, right. what's, what else, like how many, how does that divvy up across all of your different, you know, you have teams and then you like have so many yeah. dedicated to something. So we have, we have departments. Um, we have quite a large design team, um, about 13 people right now, I, I believe, including our head of design. Um, we have 
a big, quite, quite a big copywriting and accounts team. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who are actively testing out strategies on, uh, on, our, on our clients' accounts, uh, building out the emails, writing the emails, and the rest of us are in the sales and marketing department. Okay. And then there's the admin, the admin function as well. So oh. that's sort of like a breakdown. How many, how many, how many, like how many people on a team, how many accounts do they handle on average? Would you say? On average, each account manager would handle approximately two um, to four accounts, depending okay. on the complexity and uh, the scope of work, but usually not, not beyond four. So that's, uh, it's, it's relatively intensive in terms of uh, the work that goes in because we handle things from an end-to-end -end perspective. Yep. So design, copy, integrations, testing is all done by us. Wow. Um, and it really g gives our clients a certain level of freedom when it comes to email marketing as a channel. Sure. And often this, this drives a lot of profitability on, uh, on their end, depending on what kind of business it is. Right. And it is, yeah, it, it really is a, a big burden lifted up. Uh, sure. Our clients' businesses. So, what kind of what do you guys preferably use? Because are you mainly doing e-commerce, one hundred percent e-com, or do you do some lead gen as well? One hundred percent e-commerce. Okay. Um, and so, what, what platforms are you using for that? For e from the email, just for the email piece, and then I know you have the SMS piece that you guys do. So, what do you use for the email yeah. SMS piece? Sure. With email, we use Clavio. Clavio uh, is great. It is basically one of the the only tools that that really sort of stood the, the tests that we put them through. Mm -hmm. And we tested tons of software uh, before settling with Clavio. And right now, obviously, we are, full disclosure, we are a platinum partner. So we are fully incentivized to be uh, to be promoting them. But it's still, I've been a big fan of Clavio yep. even before we That's were a partner. Have you ever noticed? Awesome. I do have like with Clavio a couple questions on that because that's what we utilize. I've had some mm -hmm. people say that they've noticed like um, a lot of deliver deliverability issues with with Clavio. Have you ever noticed that when you've cross referenced that versus like Mailchimp or anything like that? Um, obviously, I think part of it is which we'll get into here in a little bit is the way that they just how, how they're sending their emails, their click rates, and their open rates, but. Yeah. Did you ever notice anything with deliverability when you were kind of split testing all the different platforms or not? Um, honestly, when when I was split testing between Mailchimp, Clavio, and I believe it was OmniSend and Active Campaign to some degree, Clavio mm -hmm. had a pretty decent deliverability okay. um, just by measure of spam complaint rates, uh, deli delivered emails, open rates. Click rates, it was a, uh, it was definitely above average, and the the rash, the reason for that I I came I came to realize was because the Clavio team is actually very very strict when it comes to uh, spam issues and deliverability yep. issues, especially if if uh, accounts are built on a shared IP, uh, shared infrastructure, yep. which means every single account in that infrastructure. Um, affects deliverability for everybody else to some degree. Yep. And whenever there's one account that has a below average deliverability, like 
below 15% open rates, for example, mm-hmm. which is which is not 15, 10 to 15% is not too bad, but Clavio actually flags these accounts out to us as an agency and letting us know that you're starting things out with a pretty low open rate. This you got to watch out. Um, and the worst thing that the, the worst case scenario is if this consistently happens, they will just disable the account. Right. Uh, yeah, I actually had an account that it was a new account that we were messing with. It actually got flagged and put on probation. And we weren't even mm. sent. We weren't even like we only had I think like five or six spam complaints. We were still doing it really, really tight niche. But literally those five or six, they put it on uh, probation. Oh my god! Yeah. Sorry about that. They put it on probation. <laughs> I got yeah. on that flight, and then um, based on that, they ended up. I had reached out to them, and they said that you know I had received the email, and they never actually had record of sending it to us, which was kind of weird and funny to me. So mm. I, I don't know. I've, I've never seen that before, but it was just on one one account. So I see. That's yeah. strange. Strange yeah. experience. Uh, so at what point? So I know Clavio, like you said, they they're using shared IPs. At what point can you ask and utilize uh, for your own dedicated IP? You can at any point in time. It's uh, it's it's called white labeling. It's a relatively simple process, um, but the challenge with that is the management of your own IP and the, so, the so-called cleanliness cleanliness of it um, is basically a responsibility of your own. Right. And for us with new accounts, we typically latch onto the shared IP because we know for a fact that the rep, the reputation of uh, Clavio with service providers like Gmail, Yahoo. Mm-hmm. is typically on a an above average range so right. we're comfortable setting things out off that way and then eventually um if, if it makes sense for us to shift to <clears throat> white labeling uh the domain then that's what we'll do preferably because when you when you start with a shared ip then the ip is already warmed up so you have a better chance of getting the inbox correct yeah domain warming exactly yeah so talk to us a little bit about that i've been reading on the so we have obviously the ad buyers group has we have an email marketing group um Mm -hmm. and i there was one guy in there talking about spf records and you can like and i don't remember the domain i can pull it up but you could basically register your domain with gmail or google Mm -hmm. is there anything outside of besides just signing up for clavio mailchimp all of these email platforms um that you recommend those people do or you can you not really do that because you're on a shared ip uh if you if you're in a shared ip you can do that that's something you can do if uh if you have your own independent yeah dedicated kind of uh, approach something that you can do however is uh, um in in terms of on the softer side of things Mm -hmm. um Every sort of every every service provider has a slightly different algorithm when it comes to determining whether a domain is spam or not spam. Yep. Um, and it's sort of like a voting process. Uh, open rates is definitely one of the, the biggest indicators, and it's often a leading indicators to some degree. Yep. If open rates are consistently low, it often leads to a lot of other issues that are often not technical in nature. It's it's a uh, 
often people driven. When people mm -hmm. are not opening your emails, uh, Gmail is going to say, oh, this, this is not an important email. I'm going right. to put it to uh, promotions or spam. And that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's often the, the root cause of these issues. What, what, are, what are good open rates? A good open rate would be, I believe the industry average in 2018 is approximately 18%, but it, it differs from, from source to source. Sure. Um, internally with, with Kronos, we, we look at that at a minimum of 20% 20, 20 open rates and above. Okay. All right. Um, and depending on the stage of a, customer, of a customer's journey, uh, it should be higher or lower. For example, in a customer acquisitions series, in, in our case, that's the first uh, email series, the email funnel that a customer goes through after opting in to, to uh, giving us their email address. Yep. That open rate should be at least 50%, at least 40, 50%. Um, just because people should be expecting an email to come in after typing out their, their email address into a box. Right. So those are some of the instances where you will know immediately if you're having a deliverability issue. Mm -hmm. These emails are not going to be sent out and open rates going to be significantly lower. In fact, the average open rates with emails, uh, email number one in the customer acquisition series is actually 60 60 plus percent based wow. on our records. What yeah. you, so anything lower than that will kind of flag it up. Do you recommend double opt-in then with Clavio? Because I know you can choose from double opt-in or single opt-in. Yeah, I would, I would always recommend double opt-in. Um, if, if you're going to be doing single opt-in, it is very, very important for you to be cleaning a list on a much more regular basis. Right. Uh, and by cleaning, cleaning a list, I, I'm talking about removing subscribers who are not opening the emails at all yep in in this context right let's talk about so let's talk about campaign <clears throat> campaigns and flows obviously you have campaigns and flows right what is the typical yep. percentage of revenue from an existing business that already has been doing email do you typically look for as a as a as a good healthy email you know revenue stream 20 25 30% what does that look like? So it really depends on the business model um, and the type of business. For example, we know of businesses that are that are heavily heavily reliant on email mm -hmm. to close a sale, just because mm -hmm. its consideration period is so long. Yep. For example, um, if you think of high value purchase items. Um, yep things are above like 200, a thousand bucks. It typically takes a longer time for people to, to make a purchase. And email facilitates that very well, putting people through different stages of a, of a buying journey. Yep. And that's why naturally you see a high percentage of revenue coming from emails. On the other hand, if you're thinking about, um, say a drop shipping store, where yep. the average order value is at 20, $30, most of the sales are gonna come through as an impulse purchase. So the buying journey is relatively shorter. Emails won't play a huge part in that in that journey. Mm -hmm. Even though it will push for additional conversions, we typically see 10 to 15% of total revenue being driven with uh, with emails in those cases. Got it. Okay. Um, on the high end, on average, with, with a brand, 
with some long-term brand value with a, with a clear value ladder of different products that you can sell. Um, you should be looking at anywhere from 20 to 30% of your total revenue. 20. Okay. Yeah. What, and what do you guys typically see for like flows versus campaigns? That depends on the list size and the age of, of the website. Some people scale really, really quickly and mm -hmm. you see a lot of traffic, but not, not a big list, maybe like a 10,000 emails, but you're getting like millions a month in, in, in traffic. And in, in those cases, flows is going to be a, the, the, the dominant one, but on a sort of like a steady state kind of steady state kind of a, um, store where there's a good balance between traffic and list size where it's a little bit more mature. Okay. Um, it, it's about a 50, 50 mix. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So for talk to us about, you get a new client, they come on board, they maybe have done email, but they've never really pushed it before. So let's say that they're, do you guys work with any client or do you have like set minimums and revenue that you kind of vet for? Um, or are you guys actually building email lists and building clients? How do you, do you guys do both? So the the only capability that we don't have right now is front end traffic. So we don't do any media buying. We don't do any paid uh, paid ads. For that reason, we don't have control and influence over what's happening on the front end. Sure. Um, and when clients come to us, it's typically a little bit later in their journey already, and that's okay. And the threshold that we're looking at is typically approximately um, 2 million, one to 2 million per year in annual revenue. That's a good, that's a good sign. Because okay. at that point in time, adding email as, a, as an additional channel would have some level of significance. Sure. As Sorry. compared to a smaller business. Okay, because one, one of my main questions is, I want to talk to a lot of people have a lot of questions about how to build their email list when they're starting out. So I just yep. want to see if you could take quite some time and just to kind of talk to us about that on, I got yep. in your store, maybe I'm doing 500 to $1,000 a day. I'm running a couple hundred dollars mm -hmm. on Facebook, which I think where a lot of the people in our groups, probably more the ad buyers, not necessarily the gold and platinum group are kind of, mm -hmm. at, but more of the yep. startup. How do they go about building up to, how do they leverage the traffic side to build their mm -hmm. email list? I'd like, kind of like to hear your kind of um, points on that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, building an email list with an existing traffic is, is, is really straightforward, it's really simple. Uh, pop-ups, definitely a great tool to use. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be a pop-up. That's the thing that people often mistake. It can be a, a more subtle fly out kind of a mechanism yep. with lead capturing. Yep. Um, it can even be an inline lead capture if you have a well-written blog post or the if a significant pop, volume. The one thing I will say about pop-ups and most people don't realize this is pop-ups are actually against Facebook's terms of service. You cannot trap a user coming to a page and have them have to click like an X to back out. So always keep that in mind. I've never seen Facebook really enforce it, but if you look in their terms of service, is in the terms of service so we always personally go with a full width slide out we actually take a slide out and we modify the code in shopify and make it mm -hmm. you know about this tall on the screen and then make it full width so just want to put that out there for everyone just so they know if they weren't aware that 
I haven't come across people getting banned for it, but with all the ad account bans going on, just keep that back of your mind if you do opt-in for pop-up. But continue on, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Gotcha, yeah. And I, I think the type of pop-up that, that, that Facebook is talking about is the type that redirects you to a different page, the kind that is typical with affiliate marketers. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really annoying. Um, but like Justin mentioned, if, if you're looking at just a fly out, a slide out, or even an inline lead capture, that's totally okay if you want to be a little bit more conservative, yep. especially if you have a blog post or a content strategy already in place. Yep. It's, yeah, it's a great tool to use. Um, other ways I can build traffic. If you're thinking, sorry, build, build a list with, with, uh, with your traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have some kind of uh, an incentive in mind, that you're already giving out to first time buyers, say a discount or even a free product or uh, an extension of warranty or some, something that entices people to make that first purchase, mm-hmm. build that into your build that into your, your funnel for a first time buyer with email marketing. And the first step to get there is to get people to opt in and give you their emails. And that's often a, a really great, great tool to use to get people into that that whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And remember this, that once you have their email address, uh, you have control over their data now. It's it's much more, uh, much more powerful as compared to running an ad that relies on an algorithm, um, especially when it comes to building out the back end uh, profitability of the, of the website. Yeah, part of, we've had really good success with tying in Clavio into like lead gen ads and then giving like 20, 25% off on a lead gen form submit and then pushing them directly into like a, a second welcome series flow coming in from Facebook that pushes them down uh, down the funnel of like discount for Steve now 24 hours later, maybe, you know, if they haven't used the code, pushing the code bigger and doing like a three-step uh, four or five day email flow coming in from that side. We've seen pretty good success. In a lot of in a lot of times, we can even capture emails for, and maybe you have some data on this, but we've been able to get emails from like fifty cents all the way to like a dollar, dollar twenty-five, um, which has been pretty pretty well or pretty good, I should say. Uh, I know you guys don't do the Facebook side, but do you ever have conversations with your clients and like kind of advise on that at all, or have you guys done anything with that? Yes, we have actually. Um, just. I believe it was um, this earlier this year or, or last year where we ran a giveaway campaign um, okay. alongside Facebook and Clavio. And that was that was pretty interesting. It was uh, a giveaway that turned into a sale, mm-hmm. um, that turned into a discount kind of a, an approach. So yeah, that, that's definitely doable, especially if you have a well-built-up funnel right. on your website. With um, with on actually on, on that note, this is just a side side uh, side track kind of thing, but Clavio has a direct integration with with Facebook, uh, which allows you to automatically sync your custom audience on Facebook with with a, a certain segment of on Clavio. So segmentation, an amazing tool that you can use to categorize people into different different uh, different chunks depending on what their preferences are what their uh, profile looks like, and, and then retarget them with specific ads and on, on top of what you're doing with emails. 
so that's that's a that's an awesome tool that a lot of people are not and really like you, you, you can sync those custom audiences back to facebook and then run ads with those custom audiences that you build you know in clavio yep yep exactly which works exactly. really well talk to us a little bit so whether it's a startup or it's a new company that comes to you that really hasn't done email or they do are doing email i'm sure you guys have internal processes on on how to set up and what flows to basically i'm assuming to set up for clients so obviously i think we talked talked to us a little bit about um because you guys obviously handle a lot of clients so you have a lot of data on you know when we do it and we're not to your level by any means it's typically a welcome cart series flow an abandoned cart a product view um a sunset flow which i've never really been able to really get dialed in quite properly um what else talk to us about those four main flows and what what other type of flows do you guys do sure oh you know talk to us about it your your typical setup yep so when you cover this basically um pretty much the whole the whole customer journey uh, already just that there are a couple of additional steps along the way that we that we take into account as well mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's pretty much the whole thing welcome series card abandonment uh product review which is a post purchase uh funnel kind of thing and a sunset flow now product. aside from that i was talking product abandonment so product view not product review but yes. oh sorry product product view so that's sort of like a browse browser retargeting flow yep got it so with us, we call that a browse recovery flow, okay. which which is the same thing basically. If card abandonment, we call it card recovery. It's okay. a little bit more action driven kind of a naming. <clears throat> so um, that's the pre sort of the pre purchase kind of stage mm -hmm. where there's three uh, three email funnels right there. Yep. At the post purchase journey is where a lot of other things kick in as well, especially if you think about long-term uh, value of, of your customers, profitability of your customers. That's why you want to include a lot of engagement stuff, building out customer profiles mm -hmm. and building out additional value and ex cap uh, capturing additional value from, from, your, from your customers. Some of the, the easiest way to do this include a post-purchase flow Yep. Uh, and in the post purchase flow, aside from you know thanking them for the for your purchase, um, giving them a personalized upsell, you can also create surveys to build out custom properties on Clavio. For example, a, a great tool that uh, that 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 I use basically pop ups again on Clavio. There is a, a tool called Clavio Forms. Um, you can either use a slide in, a pop up, or you have a couple of a couple of options. But part of part of the the functionality allows you to survey your customers on the pop up itself, mm -hmm. get them to clean their, their email address, and those responses are, are going to be automatically tagged with their profile. So what you can do afterwards in the post purchase funnel is to upsell these customers based on the preferences that they have basically told you uh, in, in, that, in that survey. You can either do that or do, do it as a standalone survey um, on, on the landing page. 
So that's that's a great tool that uh, that I'll recommend. And moving on from that, Sunset Flow. Um, Sunset Flow is well, that's that's typically people who are who used to be engaged with your brand in some way. Either they've made a purchase or they've been opening your emails, and now they're not doing neither. That's sort of like a, a last last ditch attempt to recover those. Yes. Uh, group of people talk to me so I, I personally on the sunset flow i want to like pick your brain a little bit on that sure i always have had problems with the definition like when you set your definition on, on sites your segment to basically push them into the flow or whatever mm -hmm. what what is the trick so like on, on the one i'm looking at now on my screen i'll kind of read it to you so they're in our list and was added in the last 120 days opened email mm -hmm. zero times over all time Clicked email zero times over all time. Checkout started zero times over all time. Place order zero times over all time, and the person's not suppressed. Is there anything wrong with that, or how do you guys set up your sunset segment? Because I've always seemed to have problems. Okay. I think I'm excluding too many, or we're not excluding enough. Yeah. Um, how do you guys dial that in? I think you are excluding too many. Um, in this case, you're only sending out emails to people who have not opened your emails at all, mm -hmm. not clicked their emails at all, and basically have zero engagement with your brand from the beginning. And that's basically people who you, who you should have eliminated from your list from the get-go. Sure. They shouldn't be there in the first place. What I would recommend is splitting them up into two different flows, mm -hmm. a re-engagement flow for customers okay. who used to be um, used to be engaged with your emails and now they're not. Yep. And a win back flow where people used to buy your stuff, now they're not buying your stuff after a prolonged period of time. Um, so I'm gonna go through each of these. Yeah. I dropped, a, dropped my setup in the in our chat window there on the side, you'll see it. Um, but I've never I've personally I've never been able to get that dialed in. So I'm very interested in hearing how you do that. Absolutely. So like I mentioned, split them into two different flows. Yep. Win back flow. It allows you to, to target customers who have a purchase intent. Mm -hmm. They've historically made a purchase with you in the past, but they, they're not anymore. Um, and how do you know it's a good time frame? It's really based on your, your customer cycle, your customer life cycle, how it looks like on, uh, on, on, your, uh, on your industry. Mm -hmm. For example, with uh, supplements, it's a really typical, predictable 30, 40 days kind of a cycle that we're looking at. So if people are not buying after a period of 60 days, you typically know that, oh, that's there's a risk of churn. Yep. This, this person is probably not gonna buy from me again. And that's when you want to trigger some kind of a win back sequence. Yep. And for that reason, that little time frame, open zero emails over X amount of time is gonna be dependent on what your customer lifecycle looks like. And in this case with Winback, it's placed order zero times over 60 or 90 days. Yep. But historically they have placed order at least once over all time. Yep. So that allows you to target people who made a purchase with you before, but they haven't in 90 days yep. or 60 days, depending. It's kind of funny how many people, even at the Clavio Boston conference, I didn't go this year, but I went the year prior, 
And, you know, nice. I'm, I'm sure you've been to that before, right? And you get time yeah, to I was there this year. Yeah, you get to sit with the reps and all that stuff. But even the reps with like and or or when you're building those flows, like, you know, even they were getting confused. It's kind of funny how some of them, you know, really come back after they do it. They're like, no, it should have been and. No, that should have been or. <laughs> I've seen yeah. them actually confused. The logic. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely confusing, and that, that that's why it helps to to have these conversations because once you once you have them figured out, yep. it's often a matter of just replicating it across your different stores. Um, and yeah, it's it really gets easier over time. And so back to the the, the second flow that I was talking about, the reengagement flow, which is people who have not engaged with your your uh, your brand in a long time. They haven't been opening up your emails. They haven't been to your website. Yep. Uh, so there are two metrics here: open emails and uh, website visit. Active on site, basically, that's the metric that you're looking at on Clavio. I would give it give it a period of approximately 120 to 180 days um, as a default. It might be shorter or longer depending on the consideration period for for a purchase. Uh, for your brand for example a mattress brand it wouldn't make sense for people to be removed out of the list after 180 days since we don't buy mattresses on a yep. on a 180 day cycle uh, but with a drop shipping store that might be way too long right, right. so um, test it out and see what what works for you so open emails zero times um, after 100 uh, over 180 or 120 days, but uh, open emails at least five times mm -hmm. over all time. That's so that's that guarantees that there has been historically at least some kind of engagement um, with your brand. So, like same with active on site, you want people to have at least visited your site in the past, um, and at the same time. They're not visiting a site in, a, say, 120 days, 180 days. Mm -hmm. That's when you try and get them to come back with a super enticing offer or um, rely on the holiday season. I was just talking about this on my on the webinar. Use the holiday season to win back uh, win back your customers and re-engage your list. This is right. a great time. People are expecting emails to come in. Um, it doesn't matter if it lands in the promotional tab, the promotions tab. People are still going to open it uh, because it's the holiday season. They're looking for a deal. Right. Makes sense. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the other ones. So cart abandonment and product view or product recovery, cart recovery, like you call it. Are you guys doing, have you found any tricks with how, because obviously you're split testing a lot of data. How soon to send the first one? We do usually do a three email. How soon to send the second one? How soon to send the third one? Mm. Have you split tested that so, and what have you found? Yeah, we have actually. And surprisingly, it varies from, well, that, not surprisingly, honestly. It varies from brand to brand. Okay. Uh, but the default that we go to is, let me see, I'm just going to pull up my Clavio right here to give you like a brief idea. But honestly, with, with, uh, with anything really, we include split testing as a immediate kind of default when we come onto a new account, as we set up a new account, uh, it's, it's already built in into that initial setup. 
data. so that we have yeah we start collecting data so that's how important it is for us right so i'm, I'm looking at this right here um i'm looking at a 30 day sorry a 30 30 minute 30 minute uh time delay between viewed product and the first reminder so this is a yeah this is definitely a very short time frame and usually we start short and then we extend that the time frame to see how um, how far we can stretch to not affect that, that customer journey uh, but do bear in mind that when you send out an email it is essentially out of a customer's buying journey yep. so it wouldn't affect their website journey in any way as compared to a pop-up which is right. something you want to be a little bit more prudent with so it's it. totally okay to be a little bit more aggressive with emails okay. what about as far as campaigns so when they're sending when people are sending campaigns how many i've been in some really like high like high you know probably like yourself where you guys are sending 10 you'll send one email but you'll send it to 20 20 different emails to different segments you know the same email but it's 20 25 times out to different little pockets of the email list yeah and how are you guys doing that what's the reason to do that what are you learning from that talk to us about all that absolutely so the different pockets um, or segments as we call it is really based on um, the brand that we're working with at a point in time whether it be something as simple as gender to age groups Mm -hmm. to preference and preference is often the most powerful one because it gives you an insight into what your lifestyle is like where they're at where where your audience is at with their with their life uh, at what stage they're at with their buying journey mm -hmm. uh, and because of that product recommendations are often a, a great tool to use to personalize each email to each segment for example, if you're thinking about an apparel industry, tons of SKUs, tons of SKUs. Yep. Uh, it's it's really, really useful for you to be able to group certain interest groups together <clears throat> based on what they've done in the past, what they've bought in the past, what kind of products they've been viewing on your site. <clears throat> and all of this can be done on Clavio as a segment. So the things that we learn from from segmenting out these different different groups of people mm -hmm. um, is often driven by, by by data really and Clavio allows you to break things down break things down into a very analytical fashion with the analytics dashboard which is a, a recent upgrade so that's that's something that we rely on to give us some insight but if you want something that's a little bit um, a little bit easier to manage mm -hmm in terms of segmentations and creating like personalized content, you can rely on the autom automated tools that's, that's available on, on Clavio or any other platform that you're using. I believe even MailChimp has it right now. Product recommendations, um, it's called dynamic product recommendations on Clavio. You can have it as a block within the email itself that automatically changes mm -hmm. in recommendations based on the user's uh, preferences and it's pretty smart um, and it's pretty it's it serves its purpose well enough especially if you want to get things going quickly without spending much time on email that's a that's a great tool to use 
what's what uh, what are what do you think is like one of the most unused features like that people don't take advantage of with Clavio? Interesting. So um, there are there are two there are two things. So predictive analytics is one of it, but that only applies to websites that are slightly bigger, and it only it only becomes significant if you have a certain volume of the data to work with. Uh, if your store is less than half a year old or um, or still growing, it probably wouldn't make sense for you to do that because you need some volume of data to to help you make proper decisions. Yep. Uh, but predicted uh, pre predictive an analytics is a great tool. Talk to us about that when you say predictive analytics. For those that sure. don't know what that is, what does that mean, and how are you using it to better your campaigns and all of that? Yeah. So one of the the, the, the most uh, interesting features that I that came across on, on predictive analytics with Clavio is predicted lifetime value. So that's historical lifetime value, and there's a, a predicted lifetime value. Okay. Based on pretty much your whole uh, your whole list, your purchase data, as well as the cadence of purchases. Right. So if you if you think of like, I'm, I'm going to use supplements as an example again. Mm -hmm. um, brand that has been around for say five years you have tons of data and you can pretty much map out a typical customer's journey of your brand they're gonna buy once and then buy again after 15 days as a gift or something and then at the 30 day on the 30 day mark and uh, 60 day mark 90 day mark Clavio maps that all out for you across all the profiles and creates sort of like a, a machine learning algorithm yep. that tells you, oh, a new customer is coming in. Uh, he has, or he or she has these certain properties that are similar to this group of people. It's, he's most likely gonna follow this pattern of by about 15 day, 30 day, 60 day, 90 day. So you can properly predict when they're gonna make a purchase and how often they're gonna make a purchase and what the collective lifetime value looks like, allowing you to segment out these different groups of people of higher value, lower value, um, as, well, as well as timing to give you a better control over the personalization of office at the right time. Hmm, interesting. Um, that's very interesting. I would be interested to see like how, where do you, where do you find all of that in Clavio? Under what, what what sections? So under segments mm -hmm. is where you're going to be able to find them. Under segments, um, you click on the. You create a segment of your list, basically. Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Or with an with an existing, if it's an existing segment, you can just click in, into the segment and click on edit definition, uh, or you can create a new segment altogether. Mm -hmm. And under this, the definitions tab, yep. you select predictive analytics about someone. So that's yeah. a little drop down menu of that. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It I'll is very interesting. Check, and that, check that out a little bit more in detail. I, I've kind of known that it's there, but I've never actually, you know, dove in and really studied it probably as much as we should. Um, so I'll have to send it over to our team to have them look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about when you're sending campaigns. 
What do you guys, do you guys obviously probably do a lot of split testing? Yep, we do. Um, in, in terms of split testing, it depends on what your strategy is with the hypothesis level, at the hypothesis level. So if split testing, you always start with a hypothesis and then you split test, you come to a conclusion and then you learn and have a new hypothesis. Okay. Uh, it depends on what kind of uh, um, hypothesis you want to test up and at what cadence, what frequency for you to come to a meaningful conclusion. I know people like uh, like Ezra, Ezra Firestone, he typically tests out hypothesis uh, one at a time mm -hmm. on a monthly level. So there's a, a sort of like a big hypothesis that, that they have on a monthly level. And every campaign is pretty much trying to validate or disprove that, that hypothesis. And at the end of the month, you have sufficient like, volume of data to, to prove or disprove your theory. Um, so that's on a macro level. On a micro level, if you want to sort of split test each campaign on certain things like subject lines for open rates, that's definitely doable um, as well. But obviously it boils down to what your strategy looks like. Um, I would recommend having just one hypothesis across the, the whole month. For example, um, emails that have a piece of graphic, a moving, let's say a moving, moving graphic is much, much higher converting than, a, than an email without a moving graphic and you test it out throughout your, throughout all the campaigns that you sent. And at the end of the month, you collectively compare which one is, you know, the winner in that case. And that gives you at least some level of breath mm -hmm. with, with testing as compared to just one instance of one campaign which is often very um, limiting. What what are some good things to test? I know a lot of people will split test headline, but that's not like really a, you know, that's a one-time test. It's not like a, it's not like yeah. time of send. So what are mm. some good, like, what are some good things that you've seen move the needle the most? Probably I would imagine time of send. Um, what else is there, you know, like what, I'm sure you guys go crazy with your testing because you have so much data and can do that. Um, what do you, re what do you recommend people start with? What do you recommend they test? What's seen the biggest move as far as revenue? With actually with, with testing, we take a client first approach. So usually when brands come to us uh, and, and start working with us, they already have a ton of data that they already have. They know their audience much better than, than we possibly can with tons of research available. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, we usually start from there. So ask yourself, what kind of what kind of data you already have? What do you know about your audience that is true? Yep. Um, and then test those hypotheses. For example, some people might say, oh, my, my audience converts well when I use a long form copy in my emails. So I, I spend a lot of time writing on my emails and it's super long and it's converting super well every time. Test it out. And with every hypothesis, you have sort of an underlying reason as to why you want that to, uh, you want that to, to change or succeed mm -hmm. or, or fail. Um, obviously that's, that's not best practice, but it, it, it helps you to have some kind of a, right. a context. So in this case, long form coffee takes a ton of time. Can I use a shorter 
copy and achieve the same impact. Mm -hmm. That's basically the, the, the hypothesis. So if it achieves the same impact, I'm just going to go with the short form copy. And that's, that's basically how, how we uh, go about with, uh, with testing. Interesting. And if you, but if you want some like industry, industry level, uh, average kind of data, things like, um, different content in top of fold is going to give you a significantly different level of click rates. Hmm. Right. And if you want to test things out with open rates, don't stop at subject line. Think about the preview text as well. Yep. Basically that the first line of text that comes after the subject line. Um, and on top of that, something that's really interesting is text-based emails. Um, I would test the shit out of it with text-based emails. It takes way less time, um, but it drives a ton of opens hmm. just because it's more likely to end up in, in inboxes and people yeah. are more intrigued by text-based emails. Right. Okay. I've never really, we've done some text, but a lot of it, you know, is more creative. Everyone, everything is more creative, which longer load times, depending on your sizes and all that stuff. So just interesting that you said that. Um, got a few minutes here. I have some other questions I want to get into as far as like getting in contact and working with you. But I'm just curious, is there anything that we didn't cover that you think is really, really vital that either those that are doing email would need to learn or not doing it, but still learning that you think would be beneficial that we that we would go over or maybe that you thought we would cover that we didn't? Sure. So I, I think um, the, the bottom line here is if if you're not doing email marketing yet and you're running a, an e-commerce brand and you're planning on scaling it sustainably, you definitely have to do it. And don't don't get too caught up with the details that Justin and I have been talking about. These are really um, very, very deep strategy level kind of stuff that you will eventually go into as you dive a little bit deeper into to email marketing. And as, as, as you can tell, I, Justin, you have been in the space for, for a while now and you can see the different moving parts of email marketing, but obviously that you didn't start with that, that, uh, that overview of like IP, um, segmentations and stuff. So to get started is actually really, really easy. Um, and MailChimp, Klaviyo, all these software providers make it super easy for you to get started with tons of templates that's available for you to play around with, customize. And there really is no excuse for you to not be uh, doing email marketing. Especially especially Klaviyo, they'll even have their reps like get on the call with you, help you set up the basic flows. They even have yeah. pre-built pre flows, it's just one click import. Um, exactly. Change it and you go. So, I mean, even if you're not familiar with the platforms or you're a little like, like you were saying, a little intimidated, I mean, it's literally, you know, set up at least the basic flows of a card abandonment. Don't use Shopify's, you know, email send, you know, use product, mm -hmm. product recovery, and then you yeah. welcome series and put a pop up or a slide in on the website. Just with that alone, you'll see exactly. a, a massive increase in your revenue. Very, very significant. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you kind of want to jump into at all that you might think we missed, didn't cover? Um, I would say that's that's it for now. Okay. With SMS, well, SMS is a SMS, whole. We didn't even cover SMS. God dang it. Yeah. 
let's let's do that for a couple minutes because I actually have some questions about that, and I get I get hit up with a lot of people that are looking to do SMS. So I sure. do know I do know Clavio is rolling out SMS. You probably yep. know since you're, when is that supposed to hit? Do you know? Uh, it it is supposed to be on beta in Q4, but okay. it's going to be rolled out in Q1 next year. Uh, we are testing it out with with uh, with clients of ours with with Clavio, but it's a it's a really close kind of a small testing environment because they're, they're going through a lot of fixes and stuff like that. Uh, but if you want an interim solution that is extremely, extremely well built out, SMS Bump, um, they have a they have a great software. The team is great, and it's built in a very customizable way, where you can mimic what you do on emails with SMS. MSS. And that's that's often very very powerful. Yeah. Do you have you ever heard have you ever heard of Emotive? I have, but I don't have any personal experience in working with, I've heard with them. Really good things about them, and like really like it's really like flow based. And I, I've never, mm. to be honest, I've never done much SMS, so that would be all new. I mean, I can't imagine the strategies would be. Is there a big difference between email and SMS strategy? Um, there is, just because there's a little bit more regulation involved in SMS. Okay. Um, and when you say SMS, when you say regulation, what do you mean by that? Because I have no idea, to be honest. Okay, so regulations-wise, let's talk about the consequences. Let's start with that. Uh, with every violation, it is fifty. Sorry, not fifty. A five hundred to a thousand five hundred dollars in penalties per SMS. So if you're sending out, let's say, ten thousand SMSs. Um, and you forget, and you you forget to uh, say inc include a, an unsubscribe link or something like that for a prolonged period of time. You're gonna be charged five hundred bucks per SMS that's sent out. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not it's not something to to, to most mess around with. Of, most of the platforms they don't have that built in automatic when you go to send it like a box to check or anything. The good thing is it they do. The good thing is that they do, um, and. Yeah, for the, for that reason, it's something that's a little, little bit more tricky. Um, and the other side of the coin is the human side, right? It's it's not as easy to to put in like a lot of content, a lot of things that you want to say in a single SMS. You have to be really short, really conversational with it. Um, so a lot of the stuff that works on email will probably not work on SMS. Um, it's it's the same with messenger marketing as well, but sure. SMS is something that still drives a, a very, very high open rate. Um, and it works really well in certain areas of the world. Uh, with, yeah. with US, it definitely works well. Uh, but we, even with Asia, if you, I mean, if, if anybody is selling to, to Asia, this is something that, that's pretty interesting to me. So I'm, I'm based in Singapore, but SMS still plays a huge role in developing countries. Hmm. Because uh, network infrastructure isn't as robust as the you know the, the the tax base infrastructure, so people are often receiving delivery notifications from marketplaces, uh, promotions through SMS. So people are used to receiving those stuff. On right. The, how does uh, how does the tracking work with SMS? Is it as accurate as like say Clavio's tracking? If they go. I send a text, I open it, I go to the website, I buy. Obviously, there's revenue tracking, correct? 
Mm -hmm. So what about yeah. when you go from desktop, from device to computer? Does that do cross device pretty well or not really? I haven't looked into that, honestly. Um, with cross device tracking, it depends on, yeah, I would say it depends on the, the, the account it, because it's, it's cookie based. Sure. Uh, I understand with, with SMS mom, it's cookie based. So it probably would. It'd probably be similar uh, to like, like how Facebook would basically work. I yeah, mean, correct. Uh, yeah. To, to some degree, it would be similar to what, what, uh, what Clavio is doing actually. Okay. With their tracking. Interesting. How, how is, so you are already running the Clavio SMS. You said, yeah. how is it? So you're the first On one. Trial. Yeah. You're the first one I've heard say that. How, how, how is it? Too early to say, but it's, it's really exciting because, um, one of the most exciting things is the interplay between email and SMS and being able to time it accurately based on certain behavioral triggers, uh, certain events, for example, oh, you haven't opened this email. Let me send this SMS. You haven't clicked on this link, this SMS hmm. as compared to email SMS, email SMS, regardless you, of what happens. Are you paying for it or are they giving it to you for free since it's a trial? It is, it is for free right now, um, but it's going to be a paid service eventually. Per text. Yeah, per text, correct. Cool. Yeah, you're the first one I've ever heard. I know I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but I haven't heard of anybody running it. So that's interesting. Are you seeing as good of revenue numbers from that as, say, if you sent the same email? Or how are, how are, the, how are the metrics different? The, the metrics are going to be slightly different because people typically build an email list first and not SMS. Mm -hmm. So SMS is typically a supplementary channel to email. And just for, for that reason alone, the, the reach is slightly lower with SMS and you can't exactly push too hard on that, 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 uh, that phone number capture. Um, but you can build it into the workflow of the customer's journey. For example, we talked about post purchase surveys. That's a great place to collect phone numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's basically step one and getting, getting their approval to, to say, yes, I, I would like to hear from you on SMS. Um, that's, that's a great start. At what point do you think a, a brand should jump into SMS? Where do they need to be in your opinion before they open that next channel revenue wise? Uh, in, in terms of setting up the automations with, with a tool like SMS Bump, anytime, honestly, it's it's really, really easy to set up. Um, and I, yeah, we even have like a, a really a pre-built template in, internally that we use that's, uh, that, that we give up for free. And it's, it's super easy to, to set up. It takes you like, I don't know, 15, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And one, once that's set up, it's, it's pretty much an autopilot um, if you don't want to go too deep into the whole flows and campaign side of things. Do you want to do you want to drop that in ad leaks? Don't drop it in ad buyers, but if you want to put that in the gold and platinum groups, that template, if you don't mind sharing it. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, let me see if I can. And you don't have to do it now, but sometime over the next couple of days or whatever, just do a post about maybe SMS bump how you guys are using it. We don't have a lot of. I would be interested to get you to do some posts around SMS. I know it's been talked about, but we don't have yeah. you know a lot of 
a lot of people discussing it, discussing strategies. I think it's a, I think it's a very, a very underutilized channel, basically. It's kind of forgotten. It is. Yeah, it is. Because people are thinking, what SMS are we going back to what, in the 1950s or something? But the funny but thing is, as, as much stuff as I buy online, even, which is pretty much everything, I don't think I ever get any <laughs> SMSs. Even from big brands, they don't, they don't do it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's still, it's still, a, it, it's quite interesting because we're kind of moving, we're kind of moving backwards in, in time to some degree of marketing. Even with email marketing, people are saying it's, it, who, who, re, who even reads emails nowadays? But you see Clavio raising around uh, a series A round of $150 million from, from VCs. That's, that's good enough, uh, you know, testimony to, to how, how the state's like with email marketing in the, in the e-commerce space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people are just not catching that up, not catching up with it. And in fact, even companies like uh, HP, they're not doing email marketing the right way. They're not doing SMS marketing. And I just spoke to them very recently in, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something that even big brands are missing out on. So as a small, nimble brand that, you're, that, that you guys are building, this is the best opportunity for you to, you know, just, just go hard on on, on capturing market share. Hmm. What's your, I'm just curious, what's your biggest email list that you guys handle? If you had to guess on um, I'd say it's in, in the millions in, in one single account. Yeah. Yeah. Probably in the million millions, millions, probably two, two. Okay. Hmm. Approximately. Well, well, if, so tell us, I, I, I obviously, um, the whole reason for this call actually is, you know, Tim has utilized you guys. You guys are an approved partner. We now have have been starting to, with AdLeaks, take AdLeaks partners and really push companies that we have vetted and we know that are really good and legit to the group. Um, and you you guys are basically our email partner um, out of all the ones that we've talked to. Um, we feel like you guys obviously offer the most benefit to to all of the ad buyers, the gold and platinum. So tell us, I, I guess, is can anybody reach out to you? What's the best way to reach out to you? Um, you know, how does the working relationship work? Um, do you guys pre-vet? Um, can you, you know, kind of, kind of sell us on your, I mean, you've already sold me on your service, but kind of, kind of <laughs> tell us a little bit about, about that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you're interested in working with us, there's definitely a vetting process that, that goes through that goes to it um you can contact us at sales at chronos.agency or visit our website that's usually the easiest way um set aside a time with us there's a there's a link for you to schedule a strategy session with okay. uh with, with one, of, one of my team members um, get on a conversation with them and if you have specific specific questions with email marketing you can always reach out to me um i'm, I'm more than happy to help you can reach out to me on facebook i believe i'm in all groups already and yeah that's basically it and happy q4 black friday <laughs> it's coming Absolutely. fast yeah very very fast and it's we we are seeing a a significant change in pace over the past couple of weeks and, and it's been like doubling on week to week and yeah the, we're definitely going to be working on this uh, these couple of weekends okay there's no no break yeah uh, okay, well, sounds good, buddy. I appreciate your time. I am going to repost. So the 
I think the video feed on my end for whatever reason is not as clear as yours. So there wasn't a lot of um, questions as far as I had pre questions, but there wasn't a lot of questions during the live. So I'm going to, mm. I'm going to re upload this with uh, in the golden platinum with the clear feed and then I'll tag you in the post. So if anybody has any questions, you're kind of uh, sure. The, um, and then I did just tag you in something. There was one comment about your website that I tagged you and just check that out in the platinum group. Just so you're aware. Hmm. Okay. Got it. All right. Sounds good. Hey, man, I appreciate the time. Um, look forward to talking to you and chatting some more. And feel free if you want, if you want to start building out some units in the Golden Platinum, would love to build out a whole SMS segment. We have an email segment. Um, we have literally not a lot on the SMS side. So I'd be interested in maybe getting with you and setting up some, maybe, you know, doing a couple videos here and there to build that. Yeah, definitely. Out. And then on the email side as well. Um, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Justin. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Yep. Have a good evening. You, you too. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.